Everybody, welcome to episode 43 of One Before I Die. Uh, got some news today. Got some news. Uh, you guys are obviously listening to this on Tuesday night, not Monday night. As uh, yesterday we tweeted out, we were going to de- be delaying the episode a day. Hand up, that one was on me. I was out of town, just got back. But I will say that it seems like every time that we have to delay an episode, whether it was when we were recording on Sundays and delay them to Mondays, or you know we were recording on Mondays, delay them to Tuesdays, it seems like it always works out the right way because if we recorded this yesterday, we would not have the biggest news of the summer probably for the Sabres. Um, we wouldn't have much to talk about, but it seems like there's been a couple pockets of news that have uh, kind of blasted throughout the sports world this summer in random times. It seems like there's been days that have been filled with them, and then the rest of the summer has been pretty, pretty bland, or the rest of the year, I shouldn't even say summer yet. But um, today was one of those days where the news kind of popped off, especially as a Buffalo fan especially as a hockey fan. So we're here to break that all down. Ethan, how's it going over there with you? Uh, I think, like you said, interesting day in uh, Buffalo sports history here. Um, finally get some action going um, after you know a few weeks off here to talk about issues that are definitely much needed to talk about. But like you said, good to have some Sabres, uh, Sabres talk back in the action here. So uh, I'm ready to go. Yeah, so obviously we're talking about the news that came out today is the general manager of the Buffalo Sabres, Jason Botterill, is no longer the general manager of the Buffalo Sabres. He was canned this morning by the Pagulas, by the Sabres organization, along with many other people uh, were fired as well. Um, The most shocking ones to me, at least personally, Chris Taylor, head coach of the Rochester Amherst, and then a bunch of scouts, Ethan was telling me, in the Sabres department were fired as well. Uh, The general manager of the Amherst was also fired along with Chris Taylor. Um, That was Randy Sexton. So kind of a clearing house here type thing, which is from the Pegulas, which is kind of weird, especially after the comments they had a few weeks ago. And then also before we dive in, I should say that the new general manager that was named to the Buffalo Sabres is Kevin Adams. That is not an interim GM. That is just the straight-up GM of the Buffalo Sabres, which we'll also get into. I have kind of some opinions about how they went about this whole process, if it even you know, was a process for, the, for that matter. So those are kind of the outlines of what happened, the news that broke. But um, I guess I'll start it off by saying surprising, and I think that's surprising for everybody. 
Um, because the fact that I alluded to earlier, the Pagulas, you know, announced, and we talked about this on the podcast, I think about two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whenever the news broke about the Pagulas saying Jason Botterill will be back for his fourth season as the general manager of the Buffalo Sabres. They said, you know, the fans, I, we get it. They're outraged about what's been going on, but they don't know anything. That's pretty much essentially what they said. They don't know what's going on inside the room. And then what do you know? About three weeks later, they fire the guy that they said that is their guy and that the fans don't know anything about. So it's a little bit sketchy. That's, just, I think, the point that we should start on is the, the firing of him, the immediate firing of him. Um, that's just my take on it. It was Red Flag City. We've been talking about with the Pagulas about how we don't really know what's up their sleeve at all times. And um, I, I'm not saying I'm mad because both, you know, Ethan and I didn't like Jason Botterell as the GM, but I will say I'm relieved. I, I'm relieved he's not there anymore. But at the same time, I'm not super, super, you know, excited for next year, as it may seem for maybe other people, just because of, like I said, it seems like they don't know what they're doing. I'm relieved that G Jason Bottle's not there, but I'm also not super excited about this Kevin Adams guy either. Yeah, I think I agree with most of what you said there. I mean, I would agree. I'm relieved. I, that's a good word to say, relieved that is not going to be the GM this year. Um, you know, I think he's proven over the – past couple of seasons that he can't really um, put the right players around Jack Eichel and Darlene, you know, two uh, number one picks there. Um, and then, you know, he, he's been just, you know, mishandling player after player, you know, you saw pilot leave for the KHL when I think that he really deserved a spot on the NHL roster. I think he's proven that he can be an NHL defenseman. Um, you've seen his inability to turn the, sheer um, quantity of defensemen that we've had into top six forwards. You know, he hasn't made a trade in forever trying to, you know, to help out with the top six um, that everybody was clamoring for all season last year. Um, and I think that he's, uh, you know, been given a lot of opportunities to make this team good. I mean, Eichel's been fantastic. I think teams would absolutely kill to have him um, on, on their teams. And I think, you know, looking at what he's done over the past couple of seasons, if you look at the numbers he put up, it's really honestly scary because showing how bad our team is. And, um, you know, if he was to go to even, I would say, like a borderline playoff team, you know, he could easily be an MVP candidate. So, um, I mean, I, some would argue that he's even an MVP candidate now with the numbers he's putting up. So um, to, to have a guy like that uh, on your team and then still be that far away from the playoffs, um, and I think it's, it's beyond, you know, me and you have this argument all the time. Is it coaching? Is Kruger good or not? Regardless, I think it's beyond coaching at this point. It's sheer that we don't have the players. Um, and I think Botterill is his time to go. But like you said, am I sold on Kevin Adams? And I'm not by any means. Um, and I, I, I would say, you know, the way that the Pagulas went about this really shows, as you said, that they really don't know what's going on. I mean, weeks ago, we were, you know, having Kim Pagula publicly announce that Jason Botter will be the GM for the Buffalo Sabres next year. And I don't know what's happened in between now and then where we wake up on a random Tuesday in June and he's all of a sudden fired. Um, so what's changed in those, you know, five or six weeks since there hasn't been one hockey game played? Um, I have no idea, um, and I don't know if you watched any of the press conference today over Zoom, but that was like a car accident. I tried to tune in for a bit um, on my lunch break, but uh, I could only watch for a little bit, and the, the few minutes that I did watch, it was very hard to watch. Um, 
seemed like both Terry and Kim Pagula dodged almost every question that was being asked at them with just some like canned answers. They kept talking about how this, like these moves that they're trying to make will make them like economically more efficient and leaner. Um, which I mean, as a fan base are words that you don't really care about, right? You don't want your pre or your owner to talk about how he's going to be economically leaner. You want to have them say that, you know, these moves are going to help him win a Stanley cup. Um, and banking off of that, like you said, I mean, this wasn't the only firing that happened today. I mean, Elliot Friedman reported, um, you know, a bunch of these firings. Like you said, we had Randy Sexton, the assistant GM and the GM of the Amherst um, canned. Uh, Chris Taylor, head coach of the Amherst canned. Uh, Amherst assistant coaches, Jord Deneen and Toby Peterson canned. Um, and then they also uh, fired their director of scouting, Ryan Jankowski. Um, and a good chunk of their uh, amateur scouting staff. Um, and then Friedman even said, I believe several members of the hockey operations team in Buffalo are also being let go. So, I mean, they basically fired, it seems like almost every person on their hockey ops side besides Kevin Adams. And that's only a few weeks before the NFL draft or sorry, NHL draft. So and then obviously Kruger stayed. And Kruger State. So they're going to have Kevin Adams and Ralph Kruger basically um, drafting without a, a head of scouting in this upcoming draft. Um, so it just sounds like, I don't know, to me, this seems very suspicious. You know, maybe I'm just like, let me, uh, let me, let me butt in here real quick. Um, just to play devil's advocate. I believe that the Pulas and whoever was the top of the bills organization at the time also fired Whaley right after the draft as well though. Right. And then that's when they brought in bean and obviously that's worked out. So just to play devil's advocate, who knows, obviously it doesn't look like a great move right now. Like you're saying the whole scouting department of pretty much all of hockey ops gone right before the biggest off season that we've probably had in a while. Um, but you know, whatever, I guess that it is, it is definitely weird timing. Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, no, no, but, that's a good point. But I mean, what the bills did was they, they fired their GM, right? They didn't, they didn't fire their entire operations side of their, of their organization. Right. It was right. literally, they just fired their GM. The Sabres yeah. literally just canned an entire, basically department of their, of their operation here. Yeah. It's um, definitely not, a, it's definitely not a good look. Um, Which brings me to my next point, right? Also when the bills canned Whaley and brought in Bean, regardless of the timing, there wasn't a pandemic going on. And there was, you know, I, I think, one thing that we haven't really talked about because honestly I didn't really care that much or, um, you know, I didn't want to talk about it was there was all this talk when Corona was kind of in its heyday about all these NHL franchises, you know, paying out uh, their employees salaries, you know, paying out the people that work at the rink, their salaries. And I, you know, the Pagulas were kind of uh, brought to light that they weren't, you know, going to, they're just going to let go of a lot of people and not pay them out. Um, so, you know, again, this is another financial discussion and now, with them you know, firing all these people on one day in a random day in June, it's hard for me not to believe, again, this could be just speculation on my point. Maybe it is a, you know, an actual hockey decision that the finance doesn't play a role in this call. I mean, you let go with a bunch of employees, right? I don't know. Are they thinking that we're not going to even play hockey here for another five months um, and we're maybe struggling a little bit on, on the money standpoint. Uh, we're not going to be in this, you know, 2014 tournament, probably going to lose some money there. I don't know what money, I don't know. You're probably going to, you'd probably make money if you're in that as a, as an owner. Um, 
and we're not maybe going to see hockey again until December. Do we let go of a bunch of these people to get them off of our, you know, off of our books right now so we can save a little coin? That's, I don't know. That's something yeah, to think about. No, there. every, everything for sure is definitely sketchy. The timing of it. Um, the thing is, I guess what I want to, you know, hop in here and say is I feel like this is something where if it was addressed at the end of last season and it, d- it didn't wait until this whole time now, and we didn't wait until the, or the people didn't come out and have this statement saying Botterill is going to be our guy, which essentially is saying we're going to keep all the same staff because if you're, if you're saying you're going to keep your GM, you know, you're pretty much implying that you're not going to make too many changes. Um, and then all of a sudden this all happened at once, you know, if this all happened kind of right after maybe the hockey stopped and then Corona kind of kicked in, they realized it wasn't going to come back for a while. Um, I guess maybe you can make the argument that they had to wait to see what the actual playoff format was going to be in order for them to make moves in the off season, all that kind of thing. But if this all happened, I guess earlier and maybe, I guess it's that one statement, right? That just proves that the Pagulas don't really know what they're doing with saying he's going to come back. And then, and then also this happens. But to me, if this happened maybe earlier in a different way, honestly, this might be something that needed to happen with the Sabres. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I know right now it seems kind of like a dumpster fire with everything going on. It's ugly. But that's what we've been bashing the Sabres about this whole past season, about the past five years, is about how bad this organization has run. So maybe it needed to be blown up at some point, and maybe this needed to happen. It's just in the fashion that it went down, um, just the way that it, it seemed like everything was together and they were going to have one more year of this group, and then it kind of all came crashing down. It just seems like they don't have a really good grasp on things. Also, uh, you brought it up, you know, what happened in between that point in the few weeks here where they wanted to keep a bottle and now they fire him. And you also brought up the whole Lawrence Pilot thing that you kind of, you know, we kind of squeaked over real quick. I kind of wanted to highlight that for a second. I mean, in the past few weeks, that's one of the things that happened is Lawrence Pilot was signed to a KHL deal. You know, to a lot of outside fans, not fans of the Buffalo Sabres, you might not really think it's a huge deal. But I mean, it's just that another point, like you said, that they – they're losing guys that haven't even really played much in the NHL, kind of one of the top prospects in our, in our system. So maybe it was, you was kind of covering for bottle saying the fans don't know what's going on. We kind of have a bigger grasp on things. And then, but really they're just saying that publicly and maybe they didn't really mean that, but they were just kind of hoping maybe this guy doesn't screw up, you know, again, and maybe that pushed him over the edge. I don't know if it was, I wanted to bring up a point of, is this just a straight up, fans you know cause the people to just make this happen because after they said he was going to stay they probably just got roasted on twitter roasted online roasted on the internet about Botterill staying and then once the lawrence pilot thing happened it probably was a second wave of all that stuff so i don't know if the pagula is kind of i don't know you know are they mentally weak up there on the saber side of things it's just it's just a weird situation but i just did want to bring up the point that i guess i'm like i said before i'm relieved i think is a good word because I wanted Botterill out, but the way that everything blew up, I didn't see. I didn't think it had to be, I guess, that bad at this point in the game. Like I said, maybe if it was earlier and if it was different under different different circumstances, it made it, it might have made a little bit more sense. But then the whole Chris Taylor firing came, and I think that was one of the bright spots in this organization the entire time was Chris Taylor and the you know Rochester Amex kind of growing in the right direction over the past few years. I don't think they really had that much to do with the Sabers, so um, it was kind of a whole blow up of things here and. I don't know. The The other point I want to bring up is, and I want to get your thoughts on, is, like, let's look forward to Kevin Adams here. Let's talk about this guy, and let's talk about our future. We kind of, I guess, went over the past and what we think about this whole situation. But So Kevin Adams is the guy. What stuck out to me here is that 
he's not labeled as a, as the interim GM, you know, he's just kind of the guy that they brought in and he's their guy. They, I'm pretty sure it's a fact now that they didn't do any external like interviews or external looking. They, it was just a straight up internal hiring, which I don't necessarily hate, but I don't see the point of, or I don't see the harm. And I guess looking for the other guy, um, it all seemed to come so quickly. As soon as Botter was out, they announced right away. Adams is the guy. And, and it's like, they had this in the works for, you know, a long time, but then that circles back to again, then why'd they say that Botter was staying? So, I don't know. Is Adams a guy? To be honest, I have no idea what this guy is about, except that he beat or he won a Stanley Cup with the Carolina Hurricanes in 2006, um, which beat, beat the Sabres in the Eastern Conference Finals. He was a player in the game. He's been around the league for a long time. He served as a coach for the Sabres as an assistant coach in 2011, 2012. Um, he, was, he was a player, obviously, like I just said. He pl- uh, worked in the front office um, on the administrative and hockey operations side. So, He's been around the game for a while. I mean, I don't know what that really means. He's a Buffalo native, which I kind of like, throws a little bit in there. But um, I don't know. Kevin Adams, I guess it's his job now, and, and he's got to move forward and, and see what this guy can do now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to think about this. Uh, I mean, one of the things that I'd, I'd like to know is, is why – I don't know if it, I, I don't know if I would like to know this, but – the one thing that kind of seems sketchy to me is that they didn't do any searching for this, right? They, so like you said, they knew that Kevin Adams was their guy and they promoted him right away as soon as they fired Botterill. So they must have had, like you said, like this plan for a little bit now, but not for too long because they said Botterill is their guy from weeks ago. Um, well, he doesn't have any experience as a, in the front office, right? Like you said, I mean, he's worked on kind of both sides of the organization. He was a head coach, he was a player. Um, but to me, what this says, right, you hire a guy that's been in your organization since they basically started, right? He's a head coach, you said, in 11 and 12. That's when this, the Pugulas took over the Sabres. He was, he was a assistant, assistant coach sorry, yeah. for the Sabres. Yep. So he's been a guy that's been ingrained into your organization since you took over as the owners of this franchise. And like they said, I mean, he's moved around. He's moved up. He's, they, they've claimed that he's exceeded expectations in every role that he's put in both on the administration administrative side and the operations side um and then but then you look at this move right um them kind of putting him in this place right now immediately after firing their their gm basically saying we're not going to look outside of our organization for for a new hire to me and and then the one thing that they stressed on the zoom call and on their press conference a, a bunch was that this is all about communication, right? They say that they bring in Kevin Adams and that this, the communication is going to vastly improve between ownership GM and the head coach that they have like more of a, I forget what the term they use, but they compared it to how they work with Brandon Bean and, and Sean McDermott, uh, just more of like a flat line type of deal. Um, which seems, I don't know. It seems kind of sketchy to me that they're, they're really that they really care about communication that much where they maybe can start controlling decisions more because they know Kevin Adams well um, instead of actually like going out and interviewing a bunch of candidates and picking the best person for the job. Um, but like I said, I mean, Kevin Adams is the guy now. Uh, do I think he's going to be good? Do I think he's being bad? I honestly have no clue. I mean, the guy has no experience. He has literally no experience being a GM in the National Hockey League. Um, so I, I think – I really think that this is either going to be – kind of a situation where it's a pleasant surprise or it can turn into another dumpster fire very quickly. Um, yeah. The one and, thing that I, I think that Kevin Adams will do though. Um, and maybe the one thing that I think is kind of good about this, about him being around the organization for the last couple of years is you bring in a new GM 
And it's always kind of like a, everybody gets a fair shot. Everybody gets a fair shake type of deal. Um, and maybe like we've seen in the past, you get new, new, uh, new blood, new faces in the organization. And they kind of always lean on like the veterans to get playing time over maybe some younger guys. But I think with Kevin Adams is he's been around this team for, for a decent amount of time now that he kind of knows what he has already. Um, so I think maybe he knows, he already knows what he's going to do or maybe, he already knows he has a plan and he knows like who, what players he likes or players he sees a future with uh, on this team. Um, so, I mean, I think he's, he's pretty, I think he's going to be well prepared to take over this role without actually having been a GM in the league. Uh, but again, like you said, whether he does good, you know, whether he performs well or, you know, this turns out to be a short lived career for him uh, is we'll, we'll yet, we'll be yet to see. I mean, cause this is like you said, a huge off off season for the Sabres. I mean, we need to make some moves if we're going to be competitive next year. So um, we'll see what Kevin Adams does with the, with the roster this off season. Yeah. And actually, that's actually a good point about a guy that's been around for so long is something I just thought of when you brought that up is like you said, when they hire a new guy or bring in a new player, it seems like, you know, as Sabres fans, it seems like we're a little bit more forgiving or it seems like, you know, a lot of fan bases are kind of more forgiving. Once a new guy comes in, it's like, feel it out. If he doesn't perform well at first is give him a little bit. Well, this guy has got no excuse because, as you said, he's been around since 2010, right? So he knows the dumpster fire technically that he's walking into. He knows how much the fans are upset. He knows how much, you know, it's been a, a, a gong show for the past year and a half or two years or even longer. So he's seen it all. So he knows exactly what he's walking into. So he knows that if he doesn't execute and if he doesn't make any moves that are going to make this team better right away, he's going to be on the hot seat real quick because we're not going to, you know, we don't have any more patience. At least I don't. Uh, speaking for myself, I don't have any more patience for any of this. Um, so at least he knows that coming in. Um, also, just a little more devil's advocate here. I was scrolling through Twitter, just looking at new stuff about the hiring and everything. And Thad Brown, he's kind of like a Rochester reporter, I think. Um, he just kind of was looking at defense of the Adams hire saying, you know, if the Sabres were going to go outside the organization for a GM, there might not be one available until – um, October, so they might have to wait a little bit longer, which would mean that they'll they only have a few weeks to get ready for the season, maybe could even miss the draft. So that's kind of, I guess, the argument against looking at outside for an external candidate is that just like the time wouldn't play into it well. But that's literally the only other thing. It still doesn't make sense that you couldn't interview someone on the outside, even if you're not, you know, planning on hiring them just to see where you got out there. Um, so that's one thing he brought up that I kind of thought was interesting. But other than that, I mean, it, it doesn't really hurt to look on the outside to, you know, I guess, see what you have. Um, and then promoting in-house, like we just talked about, he knows what he's got coming for him. Um, but uh, any other points on this whole situation? I know that you, you kind of quote tweeted a, a stat earlier today. It was pretty wild. Do you want to bring that up? Yeah. The, um, Stat I found online was since the uh, 2011 and 2012 season when the Pagulas uh, officially bought the Sabres, and that was their first season as the owners, until now, um, the worst goal differential in the NHL belongs to the Buffalo Sabres at a whopping min minus 439. And the most shocking part of that is not even that stat. It's that the number two team – uh, the second to worst team with the you know with the worst goal differential is the Arizona Coyotes at minus 260. So that's almost a 200 point uh, delta between the first and the second worst goal differential teams in almost a 10 year span in the NHL. So I mean, and I would say that during that span, 
Arizona's had some pretty bad teams as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's absolutely insane how bad this team has been for the past nine to ten years. Yeah, I just I saw that and I just wanted to bring it up because that was extremely shocking to me. Like you said, the most shocking part was the absolute, you know, difference between first and, like us and the Coyotes. But I guess we'll leave you with that just to think about that and hopefully, uh, you know, Kevin Adams can come on and change that around because if not, it's looking for another kind of dreadful 10 years of uh, Sabres hockey and hopefully that doesn't come, but um, with that being said, Jason Botterill is now out. A lot of Sabres fans have their wish, and um, we'll see what Kevin Adams can do moving forward. But that was the news of the day, a lot of Sabres news. So we'll come back at you next week with um, hopefully some more stuff to talk about. Maybe there's some Bills action involved. But, um, yeah, we'll see you next week, and um, we'll see you at Jason Botterill. I've been losing my mind trying to figure it out. I'm stuck in a drought, I guess we'll start again I've been losing my mind, trying to figure it out But I'm stuck in this house, I am my only friend Lately I know I've been a punk and I need to sober up Double cup, it got me stuck, I think I'm losing it It's every time that I've been getting stuck Still a line inside my head, but my friends that they've been dead Since I made it out It's every time that you cross my mind Times, but I know that you won't ever change I'm not sober enough, sick and tired of love If you draw that line, babe, I hope you know I'm crossing it I've been losing my mind, trying to figure it out But I'm stuck in a drought, I guess I'll start again I've been losing my mind, trying to figure it out But I'm stuck in this house, I am my own friend Over and over again, it's like I never win What you put in me down, it don't make any sense over again, but I'm trying to pretend like everything's alright, but it's over with. I get drunk and interrupt, and my eyes look red because I'm mad at myself. I stab the up.